You know, before I thought about uh, getting started and sharing some of the things the Lord put on my heart since yesterday afternoon, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because um, we'd, met, we'd had breakfast on Thursday this week, and we had talked about, um, Pastor Kurt asked about possibly covering for him on Palm Sunday and in July, or uh, excuse me, in March, and um, I thought, yeah, I'd be totally game for that, and, and um, I've already, the Lord's already beginning to speak some things into my life that I thought I could share, and, um, and so then he, he texts me and then called me uh, yesterday afternoon and um, said that he was sick and so on, and I, it's like, hmm, that's kind of jumped up the scale here a little bit quickly. <laughs> And, um, but it was interesting, um, after Sunday, Sunday service last week, uh, we went and had um, lunch at uh, Mexicali Cafe or whatever you call that here in Greeley. How many, was that, I say that right? Mexicali. And um, anyway, after that, and I haven't done this in a long time, I felt like there was grace and the Lord began to speak to me to, to fast this week. How many, how many fast? Yeah, it's not a very fun thing to do. And, um, and so I, I, I started on into Monday and, um, and felt like the Lord wanted me to continue into Tuesday. And so I actually just had water uh, without any meals for two days. And, and you know, Jesus spoke to his disciples about the, the fact that Fasting is actually good for us, not just in a health way, but also sensitizes us in the, in the spirit realm to, to recognize and hear the Holy Spirit in ways that the, our flesh and our fleshly needs kind of clutter. Does that make sense? And so, um, and then, of course, then here we are. So I feel like um, yesterday my, my daughter Amanda came by and I had my stuff all over the, the uh, coffee table in our living room. And she said, well, what are you going to share on? And so I gave her my little tidbit. And um, she said, well, how do, you, how, do you, how, how do you get that from your notes here? I said, that's a good question. <laughs> but, it, but it's on there. <laughs> because uh, sometimes when, you're, when something like this happens, you, you basically, the Holy Spirit gives you this collective what he's been speaking to you, and it's kind of a shotgun thing. It's just so random. You're trying to say specifically, Lord, what do you want me to share here this morning? And so one of the first things I felt like um, the Lord wanted me to do is, is to let you know how Becky and I got here. In 1999, we were pastoring in um, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and um, actually it was 98, and in 99, um, we, had, we shut the work down, that's another story for another time, but um, during that time, we actually started driving here from Scotts Bluff to go to church at Res. How many, most of you know where Res is, and... As me, I've been there, we, Becky and I have been there for 18 years. And, um, and we came over 
and we were extremely wounded, hurt. Um, and I could remember Tom Ewing, he would strike first chord of his guitar, and Becky and I would just start weeping because we felt the overwhelming presence of God to just love on us. How many know what I'm talking about? And we drove from Scott's Bluff for almost six months, and we finally felt like the Lord was saying this is where he wanted us to move. Um, I had family in, in Montana. They were all encouraging us to come back to Montana. I had a business partner. He wanted me to come back, part of the construction company. Seemed like a perfect fit, but God said, this is where I want you. And the, the main reason that we're here is because Becky and I are a lover of God's presence. Because we have found that it's in his presence and our relationship with him, as intimate as God, God wants it to be with, it changes us from glory to glory. Amen? And so to give you some expression of how we got here, we, we were in Kansas City uh, about 10 years ago and we were at the IHOP, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. How many have been there? A few of you have been there. And um, they have a strong prophetic ministry. And this kid prophesied, started prophesying over me. And the dude was just reading my mail. And um, one of the first things that he did, he just said, you know, I get the scripture of um, a where it says in the scriptures where a man measures twice and cuts once. Do you build? Are you a builder? I said, yep, got that one right. And then he went on to, you know, give expression to Becky and I, and then he came back and he said this. He said, um, I, f- have you, I feel like you've been a part of a church plant before. And at that point, Becky could even see it. I just like rolled my eyes. Um, and he said, and he could see it too. And he said, I, 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 by the roll of, he didn't say the roll of your eyes, but he could just pin, pick up for me. Uh, okay. But I believe God wants to use you in that again. And so at the time we weren't receptive, I wasn't very receptive to it. Um, and here we are 10 years later and God has said Yes. And more importantly, God's done a work in my heart to say, yes. So here we are. Amen? So, um, just to kick in, um, I, I want to get, um, we'll, we'll give testify of some other things, but I want to give you a, an, an experience that I had. I, I had this just powerful encounter with God, and out of that, you know, it was like the Holy Spirit's voice was just heightened. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I was, it didn't matter what happened. The Holy Spirit was saying something through it. And um, I, I brought my son's uh, forerunner over from uh, Scott's, or no, uh, Casper, Wyoming. It broke down over there. And so I put it on, I brought it over. And how many have seen those dolly trailers where you, you drive it up and the front tires sit on little, uh, 
spaces. You have wheels there, and, and then the back wheels are on the, on the ground. How many know what I'm talking about? Did I, that didn't sound very clear, did it? Anyway, the, the tires are up on these two little pockets, and you strap it down, and you, and you haul it. So I got it over here to Greeley. Actually, I was delivering it to some friends of, of, of Jake's um, in Evans, and I was by myself, and I unstrapped it, and I was trying to push it, push the, um, the forerunner off the, the little plates to get it out. It was in, indented, and I was, oh, man, I was just rocking it. I was trying to get it out and couldn't get out. So I said, well, I'll just get in the pickup and give it a little gas. <laughs> so so I, I jumped in the pickup, and um, you kind of already know what's going to happen here. <laughs> And, and I gave it a little gas, and it worked. And the forerunner went shooting across the street, and so I jumped out of my truck and started running after it before it hit anything. So I'm running for all I'm worth, and I'm trying to get, and I notice out of the corner of my eye, my pickup and trailer are running down the street the other way. Now, it didn't take me long to figure out what I needed to do there because I know the forerunner didn't have much power in it, but I knew that the Dodge was heading down the road. And so I beelined it back to the pickup and I jumped in and like I threw it into into park and then I looked around to see if anybody had seen me. (laughs) And, and, And the Holy Spirit, right at that moment, said, Rick, when will you stop running after the things that have more power? And when will you start running after the things that do? And, and that's our mantra here, guys. God is wanting us not just to run after the things, just to run after them, but he's wanting us to hone in on what has power. Can you say amen to that? And so in this house... I believe God has put a hunger in us for the presence of God, not just for ourselves, but for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit to release us in power to be an expression of Christ in this area. Amen? See, one thing that God is not, I don't think, desires is just another church. We've got plenty of them. But what he's looking for is a people that are so ravenous after God that they're saying, God, whatever you want to do, here I am, do it with me. And then with that, you know, Paul said, and Paul was a, a learned man, but when he came to the church in Corinth, he said to them, he said, I don't come to you with persuasive words. I come to you with signs and demonstration in the Holy Ghost that your faith would not rest upon the wisdom of man, but on the power of God. And I believe what God is wanting to do with us is that he's trying to build a tabernacle with us. Remember it says in the scriptures that every one of us is living stones in this tabernacle, this temple that God's building. But with that, it's not just for here. In fact, more importantly, it's to take the presence of God out of this place and begin to touch the wounded and the needy that are in our area. Amen? And that's what he wants to do. And so... um, we didn't see a clip. I, th- I thought we were going to see a clip about Billy Graham. He'll do it next week. But I want to tell you something. You know, how many know that Billy Graham just passed away? 
99 years old. Um, how many ever went to a Billy Graham crusade or watched him on TV? How many got saved? I see, yeah. There was a few that got saved in his, in, under his ministry. I saw on, on um, God TV, um, there was a um, kind of a, a little, I don't know what you want to call it, tribute to um, Billy Graham. And, and they were talking about a time back in 1946, and this was at the very early stages of Billy Graham's ministry and, and development. And he was in England, and there was a guy named, um, let's see, Steve, let's see, where did he go? Steve Alford. And he was a pastor in England, and they were doing some meetings together and so on. And Pastor um, Alford was preaching on, do not be drunk with wine, but instead, what? Be filled with the Spirit. And, and Billy, um, of Baptist roots, and how many have Baptist roots here? I do. Um, of course, the, the baptism of, or the, of the Holy Spirit is kind of a controversial thing, but there was something in him that says, I've got to have that. I need what you're telling me about. And so they met for two days, and after the first day, Billy went and, and preached and wasn't so good. And then he came back, and they were, and it was almost like in, he, in, in this testimonial that, that was talked about, that Billy Graham was, was wrestling with God like Jacob did with God, said, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. And that's the type of attitude God's looking for us. He's looking for an attitude that says, I am not going to let go of you, God, until you give me everything that you want. I'm not going to let go of you, God, until you, you bring forth what you promised, the transformation of my life to line up with Jesus' life. Amen? And that second day, he said it was like electric. He was running around. I got it. 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 I know this is going to change my ministry. I got it. I got it. I got it. And, and it was, he said it was just, uh, Steve Alford said it was just amazing. And that night, uh, Billy ministered, and he had an anointing upon his life that he never had before. And so um, I'm telling you this because, I don't know, there's probably not another Billy Graham in this place. But if you're, there is, it'll be as a result of the Holy Spirit's work within your lives to bring it about. Amen? So, a um, couple things, and how am I doing on time? Okay, all right. Because remember, I had all that material. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let me give you some other examples. Bill Johnson... Heidi Baker, um, many of the, these men and women of God have had powerful encounters of God that have transformed their ministry to bless others. Amen? And I believe with all my heart that it's not just for those people. 
I believe it's for us. And so there's a couple of things. Um, with, uh, with this whole thing, and how many are in a life group right now or a, a city group? I encourage you to get in them. Um, we're in one with some of the leadership, and it's called a life group. And we are, um, we're covering the, the early aspects of creation when Adam and Eve were in the, the Garden of Eden. And they had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they had the tree of life. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay. And um, uh, with that, we find out in the, in the early, um, and that's why I like to go back to Genesis, the very essence of why we were created was to have fellowship with God. If we, if we, if we burn everything off, if we, if we un, unpeel everything about the onion or whatever, the core of why we were created was to have this intimate, life-changing, face-to-face encounter with God. And nothing has changed. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, he opened that whole thing, that whole realm back up to us again. Amen? And so, um, this morning, of all the things that I feel like the Lord's been speaking, is that his idea for us is not to get an encounter from somebody else, but his, his plan, his intent, is that you and me have this intimate, life-changing encounter of God that changes us. Okay? And so, um, you know, I don't know if I'm stepping over bounds here, but I don't think I am. I, I believe that's the heart of why you're here. I believe your heart is to be more than just a church that people attend. I believe that you have a desire in your heart that you want to be an expression of God's love, an expression of his gifts, an expression of his goodness to the community of Greeley, and you know he wants to use you. Amen? And so, one of the things... and. I, I love Peter, but I woke up with this, and this wasn't even in my notes. And I was like, gee, Lord, I, I mean, I don't know if I can add it in because I've already got so much stuff right here. And um, <laughs> he went out. And um, so I, I'm in bed. How many does God speak to when you're in bed? That's a, I mean, to me, that's the ultimate place. Just kind of cleared the mind, you know, and boom, I'm thinking about Peter. And so Peter, um, I love Peter. Peter is probably a lot like me. Um, you know, salt of the earth guy. You know, he was a fisherman. I'm a carpenter. Uh, you know, I could just see, you know, he was a man's man. You know, and, and he, and he, but yet he had this tremendous desire to, to follow Jesus. Yet, I think Peter, in his early growth in his relationship with God, often followed Jesus in his own strength. Have you ever been guilty of that? Um, for example, well, let's just, 
let's just do one night here. Um, when the night when Jesus was betrayed, um, remember that he ha- he broke bread and 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 shared the cup communion with his disciples. You remember that in the scriptures. And do you remember what happened after that? What the disciples did? Me neither. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do. <laughs> They all begin to, to, to um, say who, begin to declare who was greatest among themselves that could sit next to Jesus. Now, do you remember that? They were all like, no, man. I could see, I could see Peter, right? Dude, I'm it. John, I don't care. You know, you might wait one of the three, but I'm there, buddy. And, um, and remember during that scripture, it's in, I think it's in, um, Luke chapter 12, um, there's that going on, and then Jesus has this, this talk with, with Peter, and Peter's like, dude, I'm just, I'll, you know, if they all scatter, I'm your man, I've got your back, I'll take care of you. And, and Jesus said this, he said, Peter, he said, I want you to know something, that Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. But you know what? I'm praying for you. I'm praying that when you go through this, that you'll come back and you'll strengthen your brethren. Jesus, you know, Peter said, well, (laughs) I don't need any of that. You know, I've I've got this pretty well, honey. He said, no, you're going to deny me three times before the night's over. Oh, I never deny you. Oh, all the others will, but I'll never deny you. And within that period, you know the story, Peter denied him. Before that, they were in the garden, and remember what Jesus had asked three of his disciples to do? He'd asked them to pray with them. Now, see, I, I think some of that could have been transformative for Peter to, to, to not fall into the sum of the snare, but what happened to him? He fell asleep. And he fell asleep, and then when they were alerted that the, the, uh, the officer were coming to get uh, Jesus, what did he do? He took a sword, and, he, and I believe me, from my perspective, I don't think he was going for the ear. But he took a sword, and he hacked one of the, the, the officers, cut his ear off, and, and Jesus said, enough. And he took that, and he, and he healed that ear right on the spot, just as he's going to the, to the cross. And then Peter, um, I think it's in the scripture, um, in Luke chapter 12, if you go with me there real quick. Excuse me, 22. Luke 22, verse 54. And says, they they seized him and led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter, at that point, followed Jesus at a distance. See, I I think if you're you're human like myself, that we've we've fallen, we've, 
We've fallen short of what God's wanted to do in our lives at different times and causing us to fall back in our relationship with him, to follow him from a distance. Can you relate to that? And, but remember what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? He said, I'm praying for you, Peter. I'm praying that when you get strengthened, you'll come back and strengthen your brethren. Amen? So you go from that, that scene, and then you go to what did Jesus tell the disciples to do? He said, when I, when I go, I'm going to do what? I'm going to send the helper, the spirit of truth, and he's going to guide you on the truth, and he's going to empower you. He says, now wait in Jerusalem until it happens. And so we know the story, 120 uh, met in the upper room, Holy Spirit fell, and in, in Acts chapter, I think it's chapter 2, let me go over there real quickly. Maybe not quickly. Maybe not quickly at all. Okay. And so they, they, came, they came out filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to proclaim the things of God in other people's languages. How many of you know what I'm talking about there? They were not speaking their native tongue with the Holy Spirit quickened them to start praising God. And it looked like I read in the scriptures probably 16 different dialects that they were, they were worshiping and praising God with. And, of course, some people started to mock them, saying, oh, boy, these people are drunk. And um, out of their minds. And yet, in the midst of that, Peter got up, and it says here, this is the, the, the key, one of the key things about, it says Peter stood up with the 11. He wasn't by himself any longer. He wasn't following from a distance, but he was standing united with his brothers, not fighting over position, not fighting over who's going to speak and who's not, but he allowed God to work humility within his, in his spirit, man, to the point where now God's grace was beginning to marry to his life. Amen? And so Peter, standing with the 11, began to express one of the scriptures out of Joel. I was talking to Ivan uh, before the service this morning, and it talks about in that scripture about young men will have visions and old men will have dreams. Well, I'm more in the dream category at this point. <laughs> and, and, but with that, with the expression of God at that time, as ridiculous as it seemed, 3,000 came into the kingdom of God in one day. In just a moment. And as, as wonderful as it is to see so many of you here, I believe God wants to explode into another realm of expression for what God wants to do in this community. And he wants you to do it. Now, before I, I, I move off of this, to this topic, James says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you read that in your Bibles? That word oppose actually means in the Greek that God stands in battle array. He's actually dressed in armor 
to fight against the pride, proud. Now, what was, what was Peter's gig? Pride. Some of my gig through, through my walk with the Lord has been spiritual pride. Um, scripture says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so, but the whole work, of, and Pastor Kurt mentioned it, I think it was last week, of this area of grace is that grace is more than just God's unmerited favor. It's God's divine influence upon the heart that then begins to reflect out of our lives. And so what God's trying to do is not for us just to go and do, do, do. God's trying to produce something in us that can't be contained. We can't help ourselves. Let me give you an example of that. I have um, one of our uh, neighbors um, that lives right next door to us. Um, Young couple, they're getting married uh, this, this spring. And... Megan and, and, and Jake, we've gotten to know them. We invited them into our house and didn't feel an obligation to, um, man, are you saved? You know, do you need to get right with God? Um, you know, you're, you're living in sin right now, you know, living together. Um, you know, it's lucky that you've been invited to our house because we're not supposed to be with the ungodly. Um, but here you are. We still love you anyway. And... Um, we, no, we, you know what we did? We just, we brought them in and we just loved on them. And, and all we did, Becky and I, was just testify of what God's done in our lives. We didn't preach to them. We didn't tell them what they're doing was wrong. We didn't do any of that. But we just began to testify. I testified how God had healed me of cancer. She's dealt with cancer. I invited her to, be, to go to healing prayer with me if she wanted me to go with her. Um, we, we did not condemn them. We just lived the life of Christ to them. Does that make sense? And you know what? We have been invited to their wedding. We, now, you might not think that's that very significant. I think that's very significant. And I want you to say the same thing. You know what? Where God has strategically put you in the, in the community here in Greeley or Johnstown or in the neighboring cities around us, you are not there by chance. You have a mission field around you that God wants you to bring expression to. You know, Jesus prayed, said, pray this prayer. We want to bring the heaven to earth. Amen? And so the reality, yes, some of you will be sent out to the nations. I believe that. But some of you, even more powerfully, will be sent out to your neighborhoods. We, we make spirit, some spirituality all about being overseas or going somewhere else. But you know what? It could be just right next door. In fact, it probably is. And until we get the revelation of that, the expansion of God's kingdom is only going to go so far. I, we, in our home group at the Millers on Wednesday night, we were talking about neighbors and we were, we were asking, well, do I even know my neighbor's name? Do I even know who they are? And in some cases, we could say no. Well, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually drawn my block 
And the names and couples has grown. I've got around the corner now. And I've worked around the cul-de-sac. And because I know that God has strategically put us in a place to reach those families. I'm not there by chance. I don't see it just by the fact that I'm there is just by chance that, you know, we're in Johnstown. I believe I'm there because I believe God placed us there. And with that, I want to be able just to be, not to do. Are you hearing me? Not to be, but to just, or to, to do, but to be what God has created us to be from the inside out. Amen? Amen. All right. Am I out of town? One last thing. Um, one of the things about the presence of God is that he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never going to push himself on us. He's only going only to take ground as we've yielded or surrendered to him. And I, I had a, uh, a vision. Well, this was when I was a younger man. Um, <laughs> I still even remember it. And uh, <laughs> that's even more of a miracle. And, uh, and in, the, in, the, in the dream or the, the vision, um, I saw, I grew up in Southern California, and I, I was at the ocean. And at the ocean, there was, the, the, the ocean actually represented the presence or the power of God. And, and there was like four classes of people in that. There were those that were, were only interested to watch everybody else in the water, and so they, they felt safe just observing from the shore. Then there were those that walked and actually got in the water and let the water wash over their feet. And they'd, you know, run in and run out and run in and run out. And then there were those that were actually got into the, the waves, actually started experiencing the power of the ocean and participating with it, either surfing or body surfing or, um, or drowning. But all of them were out there in, a, in, in, the, in the waves. And then there was those outside the breaker, and I found myself in that position too. And if you know anything about the ocean, as soon as you get outside the breaker the ocean and the current will actually begin to draw you out to sea. So um, I was in that mode of um, not wanting to die, and so I was swimming for all I was worth to get back into the breaker. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? You're going the wrong way. Oh, Lord. If I, if I allow the ocean to take me out, I'm going to die. Hmm. That's the point. Because the fullness of the resurrection power comes as the result of death. And see, there are things in our lives, people, that, you know, maybe not significant, but they're, they're bringing death to us. And God's wanting us to get to a position that we can surrender them. And so there's, there's, like I said, the four classes of people there. For those that are sitting on the shore, I'm just saying, would you trust God enough to get in the water? Would you trust him because, you know what? 
his reputation is good. And for those of you that have just allowed just the trickling effect of the Holy Spirit just to wash you just a little bit, go a little bit deeper. Trust him a little bit further. And those of you that have experienced the power of the, of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit, there's something more, something further God wants to take you to. And for those of you that have been trying to swim back to get back into the breaker, just surrender. Just let it go. If you, you, for me... One of the biggest things that I struggle with at times is, you know, I can't work forever. And yet, I think I am <laughs> until God's returns. You know, the American dream, my, my, my demographic, in fact, my, one of my best friends, he's retiring this year. And yet, he and his wife are moving to Uganda to minister full time. Now, that's the kind of people I want to hang with. Um, we have this American dream that is counterproductive to the kingdom of God continuing within our lives. And I'm speaking to my demographic right now is that God is not done with you. In fact, I believe, Becky and I believe this with all my heart, we have set before us more to see kingdom-wise than we have in all the previous years behind us. And I don't believe it's just for me. I believe it's for us. Amen. Lord bless you guys.